Good morning. And welcome to week eight. We had a very busy week this past week with midterms coming up for me. And trying to stay on top of work for me. But I took a little bit of time Sunday morning to go snowshoeing with my family, which was a really lovely start to a nice Sunday, and I can't wait to tell you guys more about it. And I watched a French TV show that I'm looking forward to sharing with y'all. And with that, let's get started. Now let's hear a bit from Vicky about the history of snowshoeing. Yes, so snowshoeing originated around 6,000 years ago, as people used foot extenders to make their way over the ice bridge in the Bering Strait. Today, around 5.5 million people go snowshoeing every season, with the popularity of the sport growing all the time. Snowshoeing uses several major muscle groups, which include the quads, hamstrings, abductors and adductors, hip flexors, and also chest, back, and arm muscles if you choose to use the poles. Lastly, it burns twice as many calories as walking at the same speed, and it requires no level of skill. So basically, if you can walk, you can snowshoe. All right, Tanya, tell us a little bit more about what you learned while watching a TV show in a different language. So my first fact for you guys is that one of the most popular ways to learn languages is by watching sitcoms like Friends, Seinfeld, or Modern Family. It's better to watch content that lines up with your level of knowledge, even if that means cartoons. So don't be afraid to watch something that you might not normally watch. Also, watching dub TV shows or movies are most likely best to avoid when you're trying to learn a language at first because that'll lead to you watching and listening in your native language, which is kind of something that we want to avoid in the process. And finally, subtitles in your native language are a great resource when you're learning, because you can match up the vocab and grammatical structure with what you're hearing in the foreign language. So Vicky, what activity did you choose and why did you end up choosing it? Yes, so this week I decided to go snowshoeing. Um, I've been wanting to do this for quite some time now because I've been seeing a lot of people doing it and it just kind of sounded fun and it's a little bit of a different thing than I usually do. So I thought, why not get out of the usual like week trot and try something new? So this week I convinced my parents to borrow snowshoes from our family friends and then we drove down to Gold Creek Pond which we had walked a few times before without snowshoes so I thought that would be a good one to start with and we went snowshoeing. That sounds awesome. So why did you decide to go to Gold Creek Pond and were there other routes that you were considering when you were looking into this activity? Yes, so we've been to Gold Creek Pond before, so I thought it would be a great place to try it out because it's kind of like super flat, it's familiar territory, and also that week there was an avalanche warning that like in that area, so I didn't want to go on a new pass where I didn't know the area and it might have been a little dangerous. So this one is kind of flat, so it was a little safer. So that's why we went there. And then I was considering some other routes. If you just research where to go snowshoeing in like the Seattle area, you'll find a lot of good routes. And a lot of websites will tell you how steep they are, which is also something I was considering. 
Um, but Gold Creek Pond right now in the winter with like heavy snowfall in the pass area is a great place to snowshoe. And some people might think that there's not a lot of people that really snowshoe there because you can also just walk with regular shoes there easily. But um, the week that we went, I think 90% of people were snowshoeing there because there was just so much fresh like powder snow that it was really enjoyable to do it with snowshoes. And I feel like without snowshoes, which is what my dad did, it was fine, but definitely a little bit harder. <laughs> so your dad had to be the one without the snowshoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we only That's had two. <laughs> I'm sure he loved But Hunter that. also didn't have snowshoes, so the you boys were in Hunter? it together. Yes. Aww, cute, cute. You should get him snowshoes. That might be <laughs> that might be interesting. <laughs> that might be funny. Um, so with that said, did you do any research before going? And if so, what did you take into account? Yes, yeah, so as I kind of pointed out earlier, I kind of looked at some different routes um that before I went and I kind of was looking at the area surrounding the route. I didn't just want to climb up a mountain for no particular reason other than seeing snowy trees. I like wanted a little bit of a view. Um, and also I was considering how steep they were because I was looking for a more flat route um, and a safe one just because I've never done this before. And I kind of wanted to be like taking the easy way out and then maybe do it a harder one like next time just to kind of see how it feels. And not be stuck, like, halfway through in, like, deep, deep snow. Smart move. <laughs> Good option. <Yes. laughs> um, what were your expectations for the activity uh, versus how did the actual experience go and how do they compare? Yes, yeah, so I expected it to be, like, a fun winter adventure activity um, that would just kind of be, like, walking in the snow um, and it would just kind of make it easier a little bit. Um, and it was mostly that. Um, I would definitely say that I didn't expect it to be as hard when I walked in like the deeper snow. <laughs> we almost like sank in. I mean, we sank in a lot less than if we wouldn't have had the shoes. Obviously, that's what they're for. But we still sank in a lot. And then my mom even fell. And it's impossible to get back up by yourself because... You can literally not turn or push yourself off because if you like push with your arm, it sinks in as well. If that makes sense. Are they heavy? Like the snowshoes? Yeah. Like, do they weigh down your feet a lot? Do you think? Um, I didn't feel like they weighed down my feet at all. I feel like they made it a lot easier the only thing I had, like halfway through, I had a little bit of the snow turn almost into ice under my foot. And so it almost felt like walking on like a little ball, which was really uncomfortable. <laughs> but <laughs> when I got rid of that piece of ice, it was a lot better again. That sounds awesome. Dang. I might buy yeah. some. I think I, I, think I should. <laughs> um, how does it compare to other snow activities that you usually like to do? Yes, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun way to, to just get out of the house, get some fresh air, and get that, like, winter feeling. Um, but I do think that it compares a lot more to hiking or, like, taking a winter walk than things like skiing or snow tubing that I would think are more like the winter adventures that we would all think of. 
So it's like a lot less commitment, like skiing obviously takes so much more time. Um, but I would also say that I usually enjoy skiing a lot more than I did snowshoeing, but I still enjoyed snowshoeing a lot. Awesome. So with that being said, what would you rate it as an activity from one to 10? Yes. Okay. Also, something I should mention about the last question. I liked it a lot more than hiking in the snow without snowshoes because I tend to roll my ankles all the time. And I feel like this was like a really like safe way to not roll your ankles. Like so it wasn't even a possibility. In the snow, you're always just going to wear snowshoes. I'm just going to be in my normal, <laughs> my normal shoes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna walk in the summer with regular like you're gonna be like in the summer hiking with regular shoes and I'm gonna be next to you in snowshoes if it works I mean you might damage yourself in another way if you're wearing those but (laughs) we'll see but hey I won't break my ankles anymore anyway coming back to your question I'm gonna rate this a strong eight because it was really fun it was an amazing day um to do it it was sunny it was active like a way to get out of the house get fresh air and we started our morning with it and the gold creek pond route is like very short i think like an hour ish um so it's just you drive down you drive back up and it was such a lovely way to start the day and then do other things that it was just awesome so strongly recommend Would you say that it takes longer to do it in snowshoes than, like, your normal shoes? Um, Or, like, how long did it take you? Okay, so for routes that you could usually also walk, like Gold Creek Pond, I would say it goes faster. Um, The parking lot was covered, so we actually didn't quite walk around the lake because we didn't have that much time. Um, But I would say you walk faster because you don't like sink in the snow as much but then if you go snowshoeing like in the deep snow like some routes are where it's just like not really a walking way you just walk in like powder I would say Mm -hmm. that probably takes a lot longer gotcha that makes sense so how much would this activity cost if someone were to do it yes so for us it was basically free we drove there so I guess gas but Um, It's not that far um, from our house. So I guess what you should take into consideration cost-wise would be gas, um, a pass if you park in the parking lots of the several like routes you might take, and then also the snowshoes. Um, We borrowed the snowshoes from our friends, but I looked at the average cost and it seems that they're anywhere between like 50 to like over $100. Um, on the internet so this probably just depends on the quality I've seen like $200 ones at REI but then there were also like some $49 ones so just do your research I guess I couldn't really say much about it because we just borrowed ours but the ones that we used were really good so awesome good to know and finally do you have any tips for people wanting to try this activity Yes, I would say research the route and the snow safety. So just, again, like for us, there was like an avalanche warning. So that's definitely something to be aware of because you don't want to get stuck in those things. And just make sure you're safe. Make sure you're warm enough. 
Um, wear layers because you might get warm, but also it's like cold. <laughs> so that's important. And then I would say the most important thing would be to make sure that your car is really equipped to drive in the snow. Because if you're going to get stuck in the snow or if you're going to get the entire parking lot stuck in the snow, that's like the number one way to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> and so just make sure that doesn't happen. For us, somebody gets stuck in the middle of the the like exit out of the parking lot. So we had to wait a little bit. And it wasn't bad because we were like on our way home and they got out pretty quickly. But I can't imagine that that was a very nice way for them to start off their winter adventure day. That's a really great point, and I think that we should always just keep in mind having our car equipped to make it through the snow. Um, that's yes. a very good point. <laughs> and there's usually always more snow there than you think there will be. So if you're like, oh, the streets will be fine, I'll drive to the parking lot, and then I'll hike through deep snow that goes to my knees. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you're going to come mm -hmm. off the highway, and there's going to be snow. <laughs> You heard it here first, guys. There's going to be snow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for that. And now we're going to move on to my activity. All right, Tanya, what activity did you do this week and why did you choose it? So this week I watched a TV show in French on Netflix I initially decided on this activity because I always remember watching TV shows and clips as well as movies in French class and constantly zoning out um, because they just were not interesting to me. The plot just didn't work for me and it was just basic school curriculum. So I kind of mm -hmm. just wanted to see how much I would retain if I picked a TV show that had an interesting plot or something that actually caught my eye and if I'd be more open to continuing learning the language as well. Very interesting. What show did you end up watching? Can you tell us like a little bit about the plot of the show? Yeah, so I ended up watching three episodes so far. Um, the show is called Family Business. Um, it's on Netflix, so you can find it there. Essentially, it's about a guy who is in his uh, late 20s. He is a failed entrepreneur who is set to take over the kosher butcher shop of their family in France. And he kind of realizes that the butcher shop isn't cutting it financially. Um, so with his dad kind of wanting him to take over the business, he realizes that this isn't going to be paying the bills anymore. So what he decides to do is, knowing that there's an upcoming legalization of marijuana in France, he decides to turn it into a weed cafe. And then later on in the show, they're um, challenged by like the serious players in the weed industry over there. And it's a little bit similar to Breaking Bad, in a sense. If you've seen that, that was a really popular TV show over here. Um, so yeah, it's like a little French spin on Breaking Bad. So I thought that I'd give it a shot. And so far, it's pretty interesting. So I will see if I can get through it. There's two seasons up on Netflix currently. That sounds really interesting. Um, so where did you watch the show? So I watched it on my sister's Netflix account because she gave me her password. So that's really kind. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, what language was it in, and why did you choose that language? So it was in French, uh, like I mentioned, and I kind of just wanted to see how much I could understand and remember. I took three years of French in high school, and um, I studied abroad there for a semester. Um, but the media we saw when uh, we were in high school, like I kind of said, it was very textbook and dry mm-hmm. compared to the content that you can find on your own, you know, like topics that would actually interest you um, and that you could look up in a foreign language. So I thought that French would be a good challenge for me. Totally. Does it kind of remind you of like, I don't know, did you watch any TV while you studied abroad in France? Like in France? Um, I did a little bit. Um, like, it's funny, one time I went over to Michael's place and he had Grey's Anatomy on, but it was in French. So how was that compared to this show? Um, I mean, I picked up a lot more context clues and like being able to kind of like watch it. I knew almost exactly every scene that was going on. So I could easily kind of like get lazy with trying to push myself and understand what exactly they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did have English subtitles, so that was kind of nice to compare, like, what I think I heard and what I actually heard. That's really cool. So the questions of all the questions with this, um, did it feel different than watching an English show? I would say that it did, um, because I did need to be more attentive to the show to understand the plot. Um, most of the time when I watch TV, unless it's like a new episode of like The Bachelor or Big Sky or something like that, um, Mm -hmm. it's just like a background noise or like something to glance at when I'm cooking or like when I'm Mm -hmm. on my computer sending emails. Um, so I usually just have things on that I'm more or less familiar with the plot and I can just hear it in the background and I don't know, not be too engaged in, but with a French show or a show in a a language that you're not super familiar with, it kind of pushes you to be more engaged and kind of active in figuring out what the plot is because you won't get it if you're not listening. That's so true. Um, Did you feel like you learned something? So um, I only watched three episodes, so I can't say that I learned like an exponential amount of French or like that I um, gained any fluency from it necessarily. But I did pick up a few more vocab words from comparing the subtitles to the speech in the show. And it was also just kind of nice to hear it again, um, because I don't know anybody like in the States that like, I would speak French with or I would hear French from. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. not, like, something that I hear in my daily life. So I think that it was definitely nice to kind of get a refresher on it, but I wouldn't say that I exponentially learned any more of the language from the three episodes. Do you feel like there was, like, any progress made, like, from the first time that like the first episode to the third where you kind of understood a little bit more or was it just kind of constant um yeah I would say that um maybe not necessarily like understanding but keeping pace um Mm -hmm. with like what they're saying because at first like when you hear a new language it kind of seems really fast to you or all the words Mm -hmm. seem a little bit accelerated 
Um, and then as I went in episode by episode, it got a little bit more slowed down in my head. Like I could actually um, keep up and process the words like as they were coming out um, rather than kind of having to stop and then think and kind of just like pause, unpause, pause and unpause. So it definitely mm-hmm. got easier throughout the episodes. That's so cool. Um, what other shows and languages were you considering? So in terms of languages, I was considering Dutch because I'm in the process of learning it. Um, but it's more difficult to find movies like in that language on um, a platform that we use like Netflix or Hulu or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they watch a lot of American and like English film and media and their language isn't like common outside of the Netherlands. So it's a little bit hard to find like movies on a platform that would be accessible to me. Um, And French being such a common and like worldly known language, it was a lot easier to kind of have a large variety of genres and themes to pick from. So that's ultimately one of the reasons that I chose French. Yeah, I would definitely say that um, when I tried to do this, like last year before studying abroad with Italian, it was really hard to find a show on Netflix or any of the platforms that was in Italian. And I feel Mm -hmm. like there were not many, but like the most shows were definitely like in Spanish and French. So I feel like if you want to learn that, that's probably the language to go with on Netflix. Yeah, for sure. And I think for like other languages that I don't want to say are like more obscure, but not as commonly found or not as commonly spoken across the globe, it would be good to kind of just go on YouTube because uh, some people just upload like TV show episodes on YouTube and like little cartoons, Mm -hmm. like if you're at that level and stuff like that. So um, on the larger platforms, like it depends. Yeah. Or if you have DVDs at home. And, like, you can change the language in those. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Oh, then I dubbed, so interesting. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I can't with the <laughs> dub. That just weirds me out a little bit. <laughs> it's too funny. All right. Um, What would you rate this on a scale from 1 to 10? Okay, this would probably seem harsh, but I would rate this a 5. Because I didn't really like the show because the whole time I was comparing it to Breaking Bad, which is like, (laughs) um, I watched it a long time ago, but Breaking Bad was honestly like one of my like favorite and like most like well put together shows. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that it, I don't know, it just was like pieced together so well. And I, I don't know, that's a hard act to follow, (laughs) I guess is what Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, And I don't know. I think that if it's something that's a little bit like trickier for me to um, like get fully invested in because I feel like it's not as good as something like Breaking Bad, um, listening to it in another language was kind of like the second like obstacle for me. Mm -hmm. But I think that I would really like this if I were to find like Maybe another show. And there's so many things that are on Netflix that are in French. So I might just kind of continue and look for other titles, other genres, and see what I come up with. Because there's bound to be something that I find interesting and can stick with. So, For sure. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have any tips for people wanting to try this? Yeah. So I would say do some research on what shows would interest you. I think that um, in a foreign language, especially, it's really easy to tune out um, when something doesn't seem super exciting. For example, if the graphics aren't there for like the TV show mm-hmm. or like if it seems like super low budget, like what would be your incentive if you can't even understand it to begin with? Um, yeah. So just find something that would really interest you based on genre or like the actors or actresses that are in it or anything like that. Even if it has like cool music, just find something that would really adhere to your taste. And then another thing that I would say is pick shows based on the estimated language level that you have. There's absolutely no shame in like watching like cartoons. Like I was watching like little Dutch animations with Michael, like to, (laughs) kind of like understand and learn and there was just like two guys like building a brick wall (laughs) and it was funny I remember when we (laughs) when we watched those together I think maybe in Sweden but I remember we were like spending one evening and you were just showing me Dutch like comic tv shows yeah I don't know why but they really (laughs) know they really spoke to me and I'm not really sure why but I can spend like (laughs) easily like an hour just watching those and like learning like a few words and it's just so mm-hmm. interesting to me so um yeah like don't be afraid to like watch like Teletubbies in Spanish or like literally anything <laughs> because it's all a process and then you'll finally get to like watching Twilight in Portuguese like it's <laughs> it's all a big progress um and just gotta gotta crawl before you can walk so yeah just pick something that interests you and something that is attainable i think that's awesome thanks so much tanya and with that that's a wrap on our week eight activities we hope you enjoyed it and maybe even got inspired and now as always please go follow us on instagram for more fun girls rewind content and pictures of our activities and we'll see you later this week Bye.